Hey, I'm Patty Hinich. I'm chef cookbook author and host of La Frontera and Patty's Mexican Table on PBS. And there's many things I love to do. Cook and eat and feed my boys and anyone who's hungry around me. And another thing that people may not know about me is how much I love driving. I always say that I get to know a place by eating it and by driving it. So if there's a car near me, I'm going to be asking for the wheel. But one thing about my driving is that I learned to drive in Mexico City. So every street is a piece of jungle for me. I'm Jesse Sparks, and this is The One Recipe, a podcast that turns to the sharpest home cooks and hardworking chefs with a big question in mind. What is their one? You know, the ridiculously cozy recipe that makes them feel at home, no matter what country they're actually driving through at the moment. This week, we're talking about the recipes we keep in our carry-ons with Patty Hinnich. Patty's a chef, TV personality, a cookbook author, an educator, and a food writer. She's also the host of the James Beard Award-winning and Emmy-nominated TV series, Patty's Mexican Table, which is on its 11th season. At her core, she's a food geek with a love for family who reminds us that the dishes we love don't need to be time-consuming to feed our hearts. Let's get into it. Patty, hello! Hello, Jesse. <laughs> oh, it's so good to be chatting with you. Thanks for making time. It is so good to be chatting with you, too. Oh my gosh. Okay, so you are doing it all. You're an accomplished chef, an author, and a TV host, but you weren't always focused on food. Is that right? That is totally right. But food has always been my calling. Jesse, food <laughs> is my language of choice. Yes, I love that so much. <laughs> so when did you know that it was kind of time to make it that one main pursuit? I mean, I think I've always been drawn to food. You know, coming from Mexico... Food is the country's language. It is how we communicate, how we celebrate, how we spend most of our time. And I come from a family of people that were very focused on food. And when I moved to the U.S., I wanted to be a political analyst. And I realized that I could only make sense of my identity by connecting to the food that had nurtured me and where I came from. And I wanted to share it with the world. And I wanted to learn about this country through its food. And I kept feeling the pull to jump into the food world. But Jesse, I just felt guilty because I had studied for so many years um, to be a political analyst and an academic that I always felt like I couldn't betray that path until I realized yeah. that I was betraying myself if I didn't jump into the food path. Oh my gosh, that is so real. It can be such a struggle when you've already put in all this time into a completely different industry or career path. Like you've kind of mentioned offhand that you were pursuing becoming a political analyst, but a lot of people don't realize that that meant that you were going to Georgetown and that you were getting your master's in Latin American studies <laughs> with a merit scholarship. And then at night, also enrolling in a night program for a cooking school. It was a lot, Jesse. And when people ask me, would you do it again? 
I always say, I wish I could say yes, but if I knew then what I know now and all the obstacles, you know, that I would face, I wouldn't do it again. That's why I always tell people, don't research, just jump into it. You'll figure (laughs) it out as you go. (laughs) I love that so much. So after all these years of just jumping in and doing it, which resulted in, you know, numerous cookbooks, awards, honors, cooking for President Obama, and 11 seasons of a TV show. How do you nurture that love for cooking in a way that doesn't make it all feel like work? Uh, Well, that is such a great question, Jesse. And I feel (laughs) like that's the thing. For me, the lines are completely blurred. My family, my work, my home life are one and intertwined. You know, we film my cooking show in my home kitchen. My growing boys, well, now men, they're as tall and big as you, I guess, um, (laughs) have been a part of my journey. It's when people ask me, how do you juggle things? I say, I don't, you know, and and (laughs) I really think that coming from a different path in a different career has given me an edge. So when people ask me, should I jump into food? Food is my passion, but I've been a lawyer for 20 years or an accountant for 30 years or a doctor for 15 years. I always say, jump into it because the more things you have done from other spheres um, are going to give you tools to go into food through a different corner, you know, to see it with a different set of glasses that is going to be really good and constructive and refreshing to the food world. So by training as a political analyst and an academic and a researcher, I really built a backbone into trying to understand the foods of my homeland and how they evolve beyond borders because I trained to do the research, because I trained to look into the political, economical, you know, geographical circumstances that determine how a food, a dish, an ingredient evolves. So absolutely, I say, don't be afraid to come from all these different perspectives because that's just going to make your perspective, you know, richer. It's like if you want to be a photographer, but you were a biologist and you jump into photography, well, you're going to take such amazing photos of bacteria or cells or plants. So I think we live in a world that demands that we be focused and be unidimensional. And mm-hmm. we need to be more worldly and more multifaceted in a way. And one thing I have to say, coming at it from a different field or perspective and switching careers older, tell your friends they shouldn't be afraid because that just means you have less time to do it. So you do it with more energy and more passion. <laughs> yes. And you really don't care what people think anymore. When you're younger, you do. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Now that you've said that, now that you have, you know, kind of established that you have done it all, I want to know what is your one recipe? Jesse, I love so much what you're doing with this show. I think that you can tell so much from a person and a culture and a cuisine and a perspective by focusing on that one food that they love. And I'm going to have to say fideo seco. Okay, first of all, what are fideo secos? Fideo seco is Mexico's way with pasta. 
And Ooh. it may give Italians a heart attack because <laughs> we treat pasta not like Italians treat it, you know, like boiling it al dente and doing a sauce and and the garnishes and doing it separately. We treat pasta in a way that passed on to us from the Spanish who, of course, you know, conquered Mexico and we were a colony of Spain for 300 years. And we learned pasta in the way of the Spaniards, which is... You take very thin pasta, it can be vermicelli or angel hair pasta, and you break it into pieces and you toast it or fry it with a little bit of oil until that pasta becomes toasted and nutty and it gains that added layer of toasted flavor. And then you add a sauce to it. So it's not broth. It's, you know, I like mm -hmm. to, and most Mexicans like to make a Mexican sauce that's rich. You either boil or roast tomatoes and you puree them with a little bit of garlic and onion can be raw or boiled or roasted as well. You know, there's as many ways as people. And then you also puree a chile of your choice. Um, mm -hmm. Traditionally, It'll be chipotle in adobo sauce, which everybody can get now at the store. You can, of course, make your own. But you can also mix and match chiles that you like. People tend to think that when you use a chile, you have to use one. But chiles love the company of other chiles. So in my Fideo Seco a los Tres Chiles, which I actually have this recipe in my new newest cookbook, Treasures of the Mexican Table, I combine the ancho with the guajillo and the chile de árbol. Now, these three chiles, Jesse, are so different. The ancho is bittersweet, tastes a little bit like prunes or plums and chocolate. The guajillos taste a little bit like tomatoes and berries. And the chile de árbol is smoky, feisty, spicy. And you combine them all in your blender with your cooked tomatoes, onion, garlic. You puree it. And then you add that sauce to the pasta once it's toasted and you let that pasta have a deep cook in that rich sauce. And we don't treat it gently. We don't like keep it al dente. We kill it until it's a yes. big bowl of mush. <laughs> and then add a little bit of chicken broth or vegetable broth. And we just do away with the pasta until the pasta can take no more. And... It's messy, it's sticky, it's a little sweet, it's a little spicy, and then you make it more messy, Jesse. Oh, that's perfect. You add Mexican crema, you add queso fresco, you can add chorizo, you can add ripe avocado. And this is a dish, Jesse, that is not only my one recipe, but I would tell you that it is the one recipe of my three boys because it is something that we make at home every week. And it is something that when my two oldest boys that are not at home anymore, when they come back and visit, it's something they want. But when we go to Mexico, it is something that mm -hmm. they crave the most. It's just something that speaks of home, no matter of where home is. If it's with their grandmother in Mexico City when we get there or our Mexican home right here in D.C. Patty, I love that so much. And you are speaking my language with that sauce. <laughs> so we're, we're taking these noodles, either angel hair or vermicelli. We're breaking up into like shorter kind of matchsticks, right? Yeah. So about a, just a few inches 
long, nothing too too massive. Yeah. Toasting it in that oil. Do you have a preferred oil? Any that is not too powerful. Okay. So you can use vegetables, safflower, I mean, whatever you have on hand. But olive oil would be a little bit of a waste, I think, yeah. in this case. Yeah. So we're toasting those noodles and then pouring in that beautiful, beautiful sauce. Can you talk me through the texture that you're looking for from that sauce after everything is done? Yes, 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 yes. So after you gently fry the pasta in the oil, you're going to add that sauce to the very hot oil. So you're going to get a reaction that you want. It's the seasoning of that sauce. Even though you already cooked the tomatoes, by adding that sauce onto the very hot oil, you're going to shock it and make it, you're forcing it to take a step further in season. So you will notice that as the noodles cook in that sauce, the sauce will become deeper, richer. It will become of a darker red and it'll become pasty. And at that point, you add a little bit of broth and you continue cooking it until the dish has a very thick sauce. I mean, you at this point, you really can't tell where the sauce is and where the noodle is. You don't want a runny sauce. (laughs) Okay, so you've taken these roasted tomatoes and you've tossed them into the blender, and then we're adding in the chilies. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you're treating those chilies before they go in? So really, here you can play. I used to make the chipotle in adobo um, sauce version all the time. And then um, I started playing with more chiles at home. We're obsessed with chiles here. It's just like playing with herbs. And so I started making these tres chiles fideo seco for my boys. I played with combinations of different dried chiles. And I realized that the combination of ancho guajillo and chile de arbol is so unique and balanced. I mean, you can start off with the simplest recipe, which is you boil the tomatoes, add them to your blender with a garlic clove, a piece of an onion, and you add chipotles in adobo sauce straight from the can. You have to do nothing to them, just the chile, some of the sauce. You add a little bit of salt and pepper, and you can add some herbs. You may add some oregano or thyme or marjoram or basil. You puree that, and that's that. If you want to take that sauce to a more complex, like intricate territory, you can add other chiles. So if you're going to add chile de arbol, you just take the dried chile de arbol, take off the stem, and you can add it to the blender. But if you're going to use larger dry chiles like ancho or guajillo, you want to reconstitute them before you add them to the sauce, which means you take off the stem and the seeds and you either cover them with hot boiling water for 10 minutes or you boil them in water for 10 minutes. But you need to rehydrate and plump those chilies which have been dried and preserved for you. So now you have to like wake them up and unlock their flavor and texture so that they will blend beautifully in the sauce. But if you're using, say, chile de árbol, which is a very thin, small chile, or chiltepin or piquín, those chiles are so Mm -hmm. small that you can just throw them in the blender. But if you're going to use the larger chiles, say ancho or guajillo or pasilla, you do want to rehydrate them. But it's as simple as just dropping them in a bowl with hot boiling water for 10 minutes. But do remove the seeds. Okay. Remove the seeds, save yourself and your loved ones from some maybe unanticipated heat. 
Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, Patty, thank you so much for joining. It's been so much fun to hear about all the trouble you're getting into with this video seco. Thank you so much, Jesse. Patty Hinnich is a chef, three-time James Beard Award-winning TV host, and the author of the cookbook, Treasures of the Mexican Table. You can find the recipe for Fideo Seco a los Tres Chiles, or Mexican-style pasta with three chili sauce, on Instagram at the.one.recipe and at theonerecipe.org. This week's episode was made for you by producer Erica Romero, associate producer Ren Farrell, technical director Alex Simpson, and digital producer James Napoli. Sally Swift is our managing producer. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kabati, Alex Schaffer, and Joanne Griffith. Beth Perlman is our executive producer. The One Recipe was created by Sally Swift and Erica Romero. I'm Jesse Sparks. This is APM Studios. Go make some magic.